Welcome to the Electra International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a really exciting interview. We are with Angie Hart from Rosenden Electric. Now they have offices all over the country. Angie spends her time mostly in California, splitting between San Jose and Anaheim. She is senior vice president, which means she has a lot of responsibility and she really has learned and practices being a leader. So Angie, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Well, thank you for having me. So let me start this way. Rosenden describes itself with a threefold focus, building quality, building value, and building people. Is any one of those three more dominant than the others in the way that you approach being a leader? So for me, it's building people. I think if you build the people, the value and the quality follow. And so I'm really big on mentorship and building up the people that work here. And that ultimately provides the other two, at least that's in my view. Now, my understanding is, is that Rosenden has more than 7,000 team members spread out across the country. What are some of the key steps that you take or that you advise other departments to take in order to attract and retain quality people? So for me, it's um, broadening the lens. I mean, sometimes I think we tend to focus on a specific fit or a specific type of person that we think is going to fit that role. And we've found that widening the lens and taking maybe we have to train people more on being electricians or the electrical side that would brings us more people in besides just looking for people that already have that information or that knowledge. It's and people are eager to learn. And so teaching and um, taking somebody who doesn't know anything and turning them into a project manager or an electrician is something that we tend to do more often than not, because it's just not available. The, the seasoned PM or the electrician in the field, they're just not there for the picking anymore. The, the opportunities out there. Rosenton definitely believes in identifying and developing talent from within, from the inside. And I think your own career is a good example of that. Are there key moments when you knew that the company and you were the right fit and that you were going to make it your personal objective to become one of the firm's leaders? Did it happen that way? Well, I think that when I finally started running a group, I felt like that I brought some influence to, that's what brought me joy in doing my job. Like I I look at it kind of in the reverse. If I'm helping people, then I'm doing good at what I do. And so for me, it was all about like, how many people could I touch? The higher I got, the more people I could touch, the more people I could have an influence on, as well as paving the path in our company to be the first woman to hold all the different positions was kind of a goal that I had and created for myself. Because if I became a first, then I could help lift somebody else below me to, to be the next one. Was it a long haul from the time when you had your very first position to the senior management position, or did it move fairly rapidly? Well, so I've been here 32 years, so it's, I would call it a long haul, but I was a leader of a group 
probably within seven years of, of being here. And it moved rapidly once I decided to leave. So I started at the front desk as a receptionist. And as soon as I started moving over into like the operations side, it moved quickly. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the company was growing a lot at the time. So as with growth comes, you need more folks to do things. And so I think I got a lot of opportunities that way. When you think about what contractors have been going through, every electrical contractor is trying hard to take steps to move past the difficulties that they faced during the height of the pandemic. I don't care whether you're East Coast, West Coast, wherever. What do you see as some of the top challenges facing the EC industry over the next two to three years as they try to rebuild and get out of what were pretty dark days, although now with the economy, we have some other challenges to face again. What do you think those challenges are? So I think finding people is one of one of the big challenges. I think that there's a lot of people aging out of the industry and getting new people in is a challenge. I also think from a building perspective, just the lead times on materials that's happening due to it started as the pandemic and, you know, now it's the war and that is challenging to, to get a schedule and trying to meet a schedule when dates keep slipping on things you need to build that job has been a hot topic. And I mean, I'm hoping in the next couple of years, that's no longer a hot topic. Your company has, I believe I'm correct, 18 offices. Is that right? Around the country? Uh-huh. And this summer at the Electric Council meeting in July, we're going to have the opportunity to visit one of your East Coast facilities in the Washington, D.C. area. What do you think will be the most important thing for participants to learn while they are touring your facility? What do you really want them to walk away with knowing? I would love if they walked away feeling our culture. Our culture is, I think, what drives our company um, as a whole for growth and people. And as you walk through our offices, I mean, you can see the sense of our culture. Our values are posted on the walls and some of the things that you'll, I think they're going to take you through some um, like onboarding processes we have and, and that onboarding process that we that we do, just making somebody feel when they first come in like, they're part of the company day one, that kind of stuff. I'm hoping they're going to get out of walking through. So if you had to define the culture of Rosenden briefly, are there one or two words that really come to mind? The one that sits at the top of the list for me is we care, right? That's one of our, our core values. And we care, I think, drives our culture. I think when we think about changes we're going to make in the organization or things that we do every day to build strategy, we always go back to our values of, are we falling within those values that we, that we have? And as you're leading your teams or your departments or whatever, now that you are in a very senior position, does the aspect of we care, obviously it carries forward from you to those teams, but what do you as a leader need to do to make sure that those teams are demonstrating to your customers and to the other specialty contractors on a project? How do you broaden the scope of we care so that it's not just inside the tent? I think that as a leader, emulating that, right? So like I try and use that in talking internally or externally so that when I'm 
out visiting or talking with a customer or a client and anybody that's around that works for our company is seeing that. I think that that's one way is that we, you know, mentor it. But I also think that we just do, that's just a focus in everything we do inside and out. And so I think that people just get that, they absorb that culture. And I think that for people to say that, they care that they've been around. I mean, a good a, the union and the electricians are a really good example. Like they'll come work for us and then they'll go work for somebody else and then they'll come back and they'll feel it, right? They'll say, gosh, I felt that when I was there working for you. Now, the Electric Council really and truly appreciate your company's involvement and the financial commitment that you have made for the research and education agenda. What topics or initiatives would you hope that Electri will take on in the next two to three years that could really make a difference, a significant difference for the electrical construction industry? I think right now they're making huge strides in hiring part of it. I think that that's what a lot of people are struggling with. I think when I've sat in the council meetings and talked with people, you know, everybody's struggling for people and just building up the industry and getting people in not only from the project management side, but even on the field side has been a challenge for everybody all across the country. So focusing on that. You mentioned the council. What does Rosenden bring to the table, to the council? What do you see as your best contribution to being a member of the Electric Council? I think mentorship. I think that a lot of times I'll talk to people and they're like, well, I mean, Rosenen already does this, right? You're a big company. You have a lot of money and a lot of power behind what you do. So, you know, you have already done this. So some of the stuff that I think that I feel like when I'm there is just talking with people about how we've accomplished things and how they could accomplish those things. And it doesn't, sometimes people are like, well, we can't do that because we aren't as big as you. And it's like, you don't need to be, we, we weren't bit always this big, right? We started smaller and, and we grew to where we are today. And so some of the things that get talked about implementing you can implement them on a small scale. It doesn't have to be on the scale that we do it, but everybody could take away something from things that we do. So I think when I'm talking with people, are that's where I feel like I bring value in, in mentorship to some of the smaller companies. Do you ever worry about, is there a potential for getting too big? I think we try not to focus on size. We focus on those three um, things that you talked about, you know, building value, um, building people, building quality. So if we're performing, if we have great people and we're performing at a high value and uh, performing quality work, if we can continue to grow that model, then we'll continue to grow. At some point when that starts to dilute, then we're going to have to stop and refuel and then try and move forward again. You know, once we're, we're always measuring ourselves to those things. When we do these interviews, people are often waiting to say, what's his secret to success? What's her secret to success? So let me ask you this. What's the best advice that you have ever received throughout your career? Is there something somebody once said to you that stood out then and still stands out today? Be confident and I think own who you are. 
that's something I've struggled with over my career as I've moved up is kind of patting myself on the back and saying, you know, I earned this. And I think that's difficult for us to do as leaders. And so I think just owning who you are and, and acknowledging that and being confident about it. Is there something specific that you want to tell our audience about how you personally think like a leader and act like a leader? Is there a difference? Can somebody think like a leader, but then not act or doesn't really pay attention to the thinking like a leader part and it just happens naturally? How would you describe to our audience some of the things that they should be doing themselves to prove their confidence and to prove their ability to lead, whether they're male or female, irrelevant. Uh, Obviously it was harder for you and I get that and I share that, but what do you think today's audience should know from Angie Hart, Senior Vice President? I think a couple of things. One, you need to walk the talk. Like if you're going to tell somebody what they need to do, you need to emulate that. You need to do that. You need to, you know, we think safety is a very high um, thing in our company. We all need to, to, to go out and do safety walks. We all need to be conscious of safety and it needs to start from the top down. You need to show that it's not just words. And for me, one of the biggest things um, that I feel like has made me a good leader and helps me lead is trust. Like I feel like having trust with the people that work for you is key. The fact that I can spend 50% of my time in um, San Jose and 50% of my time in Anaheim shows that I trust the people and the people trust me to be able to communicate. And I don't have to be right there with them in order to, uh, to have the results that we need. Well, Angie, we thank you for your time today. We're definitely looking forward to the facilities tour in next month in July in Washington, D.C. And I've learned a couple of things today. One of them, I hadn't used the word very often, but the concept of emulating, I think, is key. And I think our audience will resonate or that will resonate with our audience, I should say. And you definitely have developed the trust. You have the trust of your peers there. You have the trust of your peers on the council. We appreciate your time and we thank you very, very much. And for our audience, thank you for listening today or watching today. These Think Like a Leader interviews are designed so that you can leave each one of them with something new, one tidbit, one new idea. That's the point of thinking like a leader. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. You can access every interview in this series on our website, electri.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening.